God is in heaven. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is with you. So if you want to know, if you really want to know God, you need to get to know the God that's with you. And that's the Holy Spirit. It's not weird. It's not crazy. He is, uh, he is loving. He is kind. He comforts you. He speaks to you. He's got, there's all kinds of qualities that we're going to talk about when we talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is, what his role is. We're going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. We're going to talk about fruit of the Spirit. I'm telling you, this series could go all year. We could be at Christmas. Merry Christmas. One more gift we're going to talk about of the Holy Spirit. It does I don't know. But what I'm asking is to be open. And I felt like the Lord just led me to talk about having a teachable spirit to start this series. To, to, to allow the Lord to give us wisdom in every area of our life, especially when it comes to understanding the God who is with us. Does that make sense? All right, so let's jump into a scripture. First, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7. Here's the t- <laughs> Solomon is David's son, and, and so he is now king. And uh, God appears to Solomon and says, what do you want? Ask, and I'll give it to you. Check this out. God tells Solomon, what do you want? Ask, and I'll give it to you. Now, before we go on, let me ask you this. If God appeared to you right now, said, what do you want? And I'll give it to you. Think about what a lot of answers would be. I'm not saying you. Some people's answers would be, man, if I just had just enough money in the bank to live my life forever and not have to work anymore. Some people do that. Some people, you know, they, you might, they, I mean, you might just say, you know, for my family to be healthy and the rest of our life. I mean, you can have all these different things. There is so much opportunity. God just opened this door to Solomon. What do you want? And now let's go to the next verse. Here's, here's, what, here's what happens. Solomon replied to God, you showed great faithful love to David, my father, and now you've made me king in his place. Oh, Lord God, please continue to keep your promise to David, my father, for you have made me king over a people as numerous as the dust of the earth. Here's what he says. Give me wisdom and knowledge to lead people properly. For who could possibly govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people, you did not ask for wealth, riches, fame, or even the death of your enemies or a long life, but rather you asked for wisdom and knowledge to properly govern my people. So here's what happens. God ends up blessing him with all of those things because he asked for wisdom. And when I read that this week, I thought, you know what, Lord, I want wisdom. Not just for me, but I want us to walk in wisdom. Because I'm going to tell you, if there's something that this world needs, it's people that walk in the power of the Spirit. If it's something that this world needs, it's people to understand the Holy Spirit and to demonstrate Him properly and faithfully. So so I thought, Lord, just give us wisdom. I want to learn. Now, Proverbs was written by Solomon, who was the wisest man to walk the earth. 
next to Jesus, obviously. The wisest man ever had great wealth that God blessed him with because he asked for wisdom. In other words, when you seek wisdom, God takes care of everything. He wants you to know. He wants you to have wisdom and knowledge and understanding. So we're going to go through a lot of scripture in Proverbs to talk about how important it is for us to learn, how important it is for us to be teachable. And we're going to talk about um, <clears throat> some places because if you look in Proverbs 4 or 7, listen to what this says. <clears throat> Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. You want to know the wisest thing you can do? What do you think it is? Get wisdom. Isn't that crazy? Well, if you get wisdom, then you're already walking in wisdom just for the fact that you want to get wisdom. Because it says, get wisdom, that's the wisest thing you can do. So it would be smart for us to continually pursue understanding and wisdom that comes from God. Especially in, not just in, again, this is far beyond just what we're talking about with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's life. That we just continue to grow. We continue to allow the Lord to help us and to teach us. Proverbs 1.5 says, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. So here's the thing. It says, let the wise. So even if you're wise, it says become wiser. In other words, we never arrive, but we keep leaving where we are. So, so we're, we were here, and we keep pursuing becoming even more wise, to grow in wisdom, to grow in knowledge. There's a lot of times when Paul prays, even in Colossians, when he's praying for the church, he says, I pray that you would grow in your knowledge of God, that you would grow in wisdom and knowledge. A lot of places talk about growing in wisdom and growing in knowledge. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 13, it's better to be poor but wise youth than an old and foolish king who refuses advice. So I, I read that and I was like, man, I think I'd rather be wise. And youth sounds good too. I, I wouldn't mind being a wise youth. But I sure don't want to be an old foolish king that refuses advice. So, I'm, and this isn't just talking about advice from people, but even from the Lord. Because here's the deal. I promise you, this is one thing someone asked me about. You know, there's a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit. Someone asked me about, are you going to be talking about this? You be talking? And here's what, I, here's what I tell the people. We're seeking God. And we're asking God, whatever you have for me, I'm in. I want to know the Holy Spirit in a deeper way. Have you ever been around someone Okay, I'm, I'll tell on myself, but, but don't even act like this ain't ever happened to y'all who's married, okay? But have you ever been married for a long time, and all of a sudden your spouse says something like, you don't even know me? Okay, one. Anybody else? Yeah, y'all have. Yeah, that's right. For those who are honest, for those just sitting there like, nah, I'm telling you, I'll ask your spouse afterwards. I'm sure it's happened. When Patty, when Patty and I first got married, I would, I would every now and then just, you know, Mr. Romantic, I'm actually not very romantic, but I was trying to be, and, and I'm like, I order these flowers, and, and then I look at, you know, I'd, I'd get online and see these, oh, 
beautiful bouquet of flowers, you know, and it's purple, and it's got baby's breath, whatever that is, like, oh, yeah, okay, some baby breeze on it, I don't know what it is, but anyway, it's like all this stuff, and I'd order it for her, you know, and, and it, man, it was two years in our marriage, and she says, do you know I don't like flowers? <laughs> I, 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 I kind of wondered. So this is the part that while we have to be open to, t- to correction and teaching and insight is because you can be around someone and really not know them. And I wonder what it's like at times for the Holy Spirit to, to be with us and think, I wish you really knew me. I wish you knew me better. Because I'm different than what you think. I'm different than how you were taught or what you've seen. Because that's what the Holy Spirit has done to me. And listen, I'm telling you as your pastor, I don't know everything. I'm not asking you to receive my instruction. I'm saying receive instruction from the Lord. But I'm telling you this, that I grew up, that there was, there was, there was, a, there was a time where sometimes the Holy Spirit may do something and it may manifest in an emotion, but the emotion isn't the Holy Spirit. It's what he's doing that produces emotion. And sometimes we get so caught up and we'll see, we'll see these things happen and we think that's the Spirit. So if someone does something or yells out something, whatever, that's the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to yell that. Well, that's not how it works. The Holy Spirit, there's things the Holy Spirit does unique to people. But I will tell you this about the Holy Spirit is he's a God of order he is a God of, of, that doesn't bring confusion, that doesn't bring chaos, that uplifts Jesus and the Lord and speaks to you on behalf of God, and, it, and it'll change your life. He'll change your life, especially as you get to know him more. So we, we need to make sure in our lives that we're open to grow and that we're teachable. And, and I'm not seeing anyone in here. But do you know anyone who's not teachable? They're done growing. They're done. <clears throat> we got to be learners. It's funny that when you think about being a disciple of Jesus, you know what disciple means? A learner. A learner. I'll, I'll never forget my, my pastor at Grace Covenant. When I first started in 1995, I had an interview with my pastor and, and, um, <clears throat> he, he had just, I mean, he had just pulled in to Cornelius. He had the moving truck. He didn't even got to his house yet. He found out I was in town. I was in Florida, but I was up here visiting my brother. He called my house in Florida to see if he could set up a time to talk with me about maybe coming up and helping him at the church. And my mom told him that I'm already in Florida. So he calls my brother's house and says, hey, since you're here, you want to meet? And I said, sure. So we met at Pizza Hut. He pulls in his moving truck. And we sit down at Pizza Hut, and I'm right out of Bible college. I have, like, no experience. And my GPA was none of your business. <laughs> and, um, but I love Jesus. I did. And, um, but anyway, we were sitting down, and here's what he said to me. He was asking about just, you know, so tell me a little about yourself. We were just talking, and, and, uh, and he said something about... Um, would you be interested in praying about coming up and help us um, 
with youth ministry especially, but you kind of be an assistant to me, but primarily youth ministry would be a big focus. And uh, I said, yeah, I would definitely pray about it. I said, you know, I don't, I've never done it. I mean, I just got out of Bible college. I've kind of never done it, but, um, but I want to learn. I'm teachable. And do you know what? I don't know what else we talked about, but when it, was, when it was over, this is what he said to me. He said, when I heard you say you're teachable, I knew you were the one. And I thought, man, I should have tried that in other interviews. <laughs> but you know what? It was something to say, look, I may not know, but I want to, and I'm open to. And in our life as a believer, if we can have that kind of spirit in us, that kind of openness to say the areas where I'm not sure or the or areas where I think this is it, I'm still open for the Holy Spirit to show me something more, something different, whatever. That we just be open to everything God has. Because I'm going to tell you, we are a spirit-filled church. We are. We are a part of the four-square gospel Church, if you, it's, that's, our sign says a four-square church. And most people say, they don't even know what that is. And you can go to the website and get all the information you want. Jesus, the Savior, Healer, or, yeah, Savior, Healer, Baptized with the Holy Spirit, soon coming King. That's kind of four things that we really are solid in our doctrine on. And so, so as we talk through this idea of being teachable, we need to understand it's not just teachable from people, but even when the Holy Spirit wants to teach us. His word teaches us. And let's be open. So basically what I'm saying is not throw out like it's bad, but I'm saying just forget everything that you've been taught, all the fears you're worried about of, oh, man, is he going to make me? No, listen, we're just going to be open. We're just going to talk. We're going to let the Holy Spirit teach us and reveal himself to us because he's the part of the Godhead that is with us every day. Of all, the, of all, God Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the one who is with us every day is the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the disciples, I'm going away so he will come. That's, so there's even some things that we need to understand. There's, there's something very significant that we need to embrace about the Holy Spirit in our life. You with me? All right, how about the rest of y'all? All right. So I want to talk about this idea of being teachable. Um, And like I said, this is what the Lord is challenging me on because I've talked about the Holy Spirit before. And I grew up in a a charismatic church. And I grew up where there was a lot of talk about the Holy Spirit. You know, I I, I totally am comfortable talking about the Holy Spirit. But I I did sense even as I was preparing the Lord just saying, listen, I want to show you and teach you some things. I don't want you to just always just live on something you thought when you were little. Whether it be a good experience or a bad experience, either one, you know what's going to set you free is when you know the truth. The truth sets you free. The Holy Spirit isn't as weird as you think he is. It's not. He's not at all. He's, he's good. And listen, he's God. You got to know that. The Holy Spirit is God. You understand that? All right. So let's talk about being teachable. All right. So I'm going to, this is how the Lord is kind of showing me in some studying. And um, we want to be teachable. We don't want to be unteachable, right? Is that a word? Okay, if, if not, it just means non-teachable. 
And I'm writing, if you can't read that, I'm, I'm writing in the Spirit. So you pray for an interpretation. That's a little Holy Spirit joke for others. For you Pentecostal people. All right. Sorry, let's just move on. Um, here's, here's, the, here's the key to being teachable, all right, is humility. Humility, which means unteachable is pride, prideful. You're one or the other. Part of this is just helping us realize where are we right now? Where are we? Because in anything in life, if we walk with humility, we're recognizing that, that us in itself isn't enough. We can't, we can't do it. We got to have God with us. We, we, have to, we have to recognize that we are not all that. Now, this isn't a low self-esteem we're not all that. Listen, you need to be glad about who you are in Christ, confident, all that. But in the sense of humility that says, you know what, it's not all about me. It's not all about me. It's not about everything that I know, everything I've been taught. It's not, it's, it's God, what is it that you want? Because here, here's the thing. Pride says it's all about you. And the root really of pride is insecurity. Sometimes the most prideful people are the most insecure people, and they're trying to put up a front because, they, because they're struggling. But the, here's what the Bible says about that. Proverbs 11.2 it says pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes what? Wisdom. You walk in humility, you open up yourself for wisdom. Pride will lead to a disgrace. Proverbs uh, 16, 18, you've heard this before. It says pride goes before a fall, haughtiness before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. And I used to wonder, like, okay, what does that mean? Listen, Pride comes before a fall, meaning this. The reason why people fall is because they're too prideful to get help. They're too prideful to think that someone could help them. or too prideful to think that, that their way might not be the best way or that they can't do it. And that pride will cause you at some point to fall. And that's why we have to be teachable and say, Lord, I want to humble myself before you. And I'm open for you to teach me anything about anything because I, 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 I can't do it. I don't have what it takes. I got to have you. I got to have you. Look at James 4, 6. He gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. You know, I heard a pastor speak one time. He's talking about God resists the proud. And, and that, when you, when you study that word out, it's like a stance, almost like a military stance of resisting. And it's not that he's resisting you like, get away from me. But just like a parent would protect their child from doing something that they know would bring destruction. And they would try to stop that from happening and resist that. And, you know, is, that's how God is saying, listen, he's resisting saying, listen, you don't want to go that way. You don't want to do that. You, you, will, you will fall. He's, 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 it's a resistance that's there to help you. 
Not like, okay, I can't stand you. Get away from me. I resist you. Like, get. Not like that. It's a resistance. Like, that pride, you can't have it. You can't have pride and experience everything that I have for you. You can't. Because it comes with humility. The grace and, and the wisdom that comes, comes when you humble yourself before God. So we have to, we have to be we have to be humble, be humility. The second thing is a desire for growth. So it means over here, I'll just say it this way, know it all. And I'm not, if, hopefully none of you categorize there because I'm not calling you a know-it-all. But we have to understand, listen, there is something healthy about knowing that you need to get healthier. There is something good about knowing that you have to grow. 1 Peter 2.2 2 says, I don't have it in, your, in the scriptures, but it says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word so they can grow. There's a desire to grow. There's a desire. When you first got saved, there was this desire in you to just go after the things of God. And what happens is that when life starts to go and you get more used to it and it becomes more familiar, that we sometimes pull away from this desperation mode of I need more, I want to grow, I want to grow, and we get too comfortable and we get too stagnant in our walk. And all of a sudden, we're not pursuing growth anymore. We're like, okay, I'm saved. At least I'm not going to hell. And we've used our walk with Jesus as fire insurance type and, and not really going after the relationship he wants us to have now and how we want to live it out now. We have to have this desire to grow. Look at these scriptures, Proverbs 27 17. This is all Solomon wrote, all these scriptures. Um, you know, so it says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. There's this place of growth. And you know what? If iron sharpens iron, you know what that means? It means there's friction. It means that they're close enough that they, they rub each other a little bit. If you want to grow, you have to open yourself up to say, Whatever it takes, I want to grow. I want to grow. Remember this, I don't, well, a lot of you, if you grew up in the church, I grew up in the church. I was in church all my life. And I remember all the VBSs, and I remember all the kids' programs, and we always saying this, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day. Y'all know that one? Yes. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow. Grow, grow, wrong song. <laughs> I mean, wrong verse. Grow, grow, grow. That's what it is. And you just, and, I, and you grow. And we'd have to start like this, and we'd say, and you grow, grow, grow. And you have these motions. And you think about it. It's true. You get in the word, and you grow. But if I was to challenge you to do an inventory of your day, of your week, how much are you digging in the word to grow? How much are you doing things, whether it be your job, your family, your marriage, doing things to grow? And see, that's, that's part of being teachable, to say, I need to know more. I want to grow. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. There is safety in having many, what? Advisors. Having people that speak into your life. Proverbs 15, 22. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring what? Success. Proverbs 19.20. Get all the advice and instruction you can so you will be wise the rest of your life. You know how you get wisdom? Get advice. 
Get advice. Proverbs 18.2. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Okay, we'll just keep going. Proverbs 12.15. Fools think their way is right, but the wise listen to others. Part of growing is being able to listen and have other people speak into your life. Fools think that their way is right. And if we're going to grow, we have to decide. I need other people to speak in my life. Because I'm telling you, you have to be careful who those people are. I'm not saying you go to Walmart and whoever you run into just say, speak into my life. And you take what they say and go with it. But I'm saying God speaks through the Spirit. God speaks through the Word. But God speaks through people. And you can have the right people in your life that will help you and advise you in things of God to walk out everything that he has for you. That's part of being teachable is being open. Now, here's the third thing. This is the one that it, it rattled me a little bit. All right? So I'm human too. Here's, here's another thing that helps for you to be teachable. Embrace. See, that's one of our words. This is where it gets difficult. Embrace correction. Oh, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. The opposite of that is getting defensive. Now, I was thinking about this. And there's times in my life where I have been quick to help somebody by bringing correction. And the first thing I went to when I, when I wrote this down was, oh, I remember that time I was trying to bring correction. That person got all mad. And it was like the Holy Spirit, because remember, the Holy Spirit speaks to us. I said, what, what about the time when someone corrected you? And I was like, well, that's in my past. <laughs> but I realized that there's still times that it's hard to receive correction. Because in order to receive correction, you have to acknowledge you did something wrong. Which means you're working on something and you're, you know, listen, it, it shows, can I just tell you, this is going to bless Chris so much. <laughs> it shows up here. Because this guy knows a lot. Especially when it comes to uh, building things and putting things together. And he's just got that mind of sees the details. And there's been times where I, I'm like, all right, look, let's just, this is this, all right, let's just do this because we don't let just just do this, and and I'll start working on something. He's like, you know what, that's not gonna work. I'm like, you know what, it'll work. Like, excuse me, I'm the pastor of this church. It will work, right? But there's times where that it hurt, but it was true, and and I'm learning. To say, all right, so what do we do? And here's the thing, is we have the kind of relationship, where I can tell you, if there's, if there's one person I know that, that we have the kind of relationship that I can, I can speak to him a word of correction, but he can also speak to me a word of correction, and he has. And there's been times with both of us where it's hard to receive, but we receive it because it makes us grow. I'm a better pastor today because of him. He's a better person because of me. 
because we have that relationship. Same thing. Now, listen, even spouses, and sometimes because they live with you, and you know that, you know they know, but you're trying to convince them they're wrong, but you know they know that they're right. And doesn't that bother you sometimes? Because you're arguing with someone, and you know they're right, but you just have a hard time saying, I know. But I'm telling you, when you learn to say, I know, you learn to grow. And all of a sudden, you're realizing, thank you for helping me see that. There was a point in, in my life where, where Patty was helping me to see something. And she said, you know, I think you just need to be careful because I think, I think this is how that's coming across. And I was like, well, that's not what I did. I know what I'm saying. I'm, you know, and it, just, it was one of those conversations. And then all of a sudden, I realized you have to say those two words. I'm sorry, that's, those are hard, but almost harder than that is, you're right. But in our walk with God, you got to be able to embrace correction. What if God wants to correct some views you have of the Holy Spirit? Are you willing? And are you open? What if God wants to change some views you have of him? Or of people? Or of yourself? What if God wants to change the view you have of yourself? And he, and he brings this correction to say, listen, when God brings correction, I want you to note, correction is not the same as condemnation. Condemnation shames you and pushes you away. The correction of the Lord pulls you in and says, you're so loved, I want to help you. Because you're missing something, I'm going to help you with it. Because I want you to get it. That's the difference. And sometimes we look at correction you know, and I've had people say, man, God will take you to the woodshed and beat the fire out of you. And I'm like, I don't want to know that, God. <laughs> but he'll correct you. He will chastise you. He will bring correction. That's what the word says. Those he loves. Because he wants to help you get to that place that's beyond where you are now. And sometimes if you're, if you're going the wrong direction, there has to be a correction for you to get to the right place. That's all it is. It's just a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a correction to get you headed in the right direction. And we have to be able to embrace correction. Proverbs 12.1 says, to learn you must love discipline. Listen to this. It's stupid to hate correction. And I know some of you are like, oh, Johnny, close your ears. <laughs> Pastor said, listen, the Bible said it. It does, it, it's ridiculous for you to hate correction unless there's some kind of rebellious spirit. But otherwise, it's, it's stupid for you to, to hate correction. And you know, you know where it's toughest the most is if, you, if you're in charge. Trust me. When I was, when I was working as an assistant or a youth pastor... It was different. But when, when I'm the one in charge and I have correction come to me, it's harder sometimes because I think, oh, man, they're going to think I don't have it all together. Like, y'all don't know that anyway. <laughs> but it's one of those things to realize, you know what? I have prayed more and more. Lord, help me to embrace correction. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, when we correct, it needs to be done in love. And it's not condemnation. It's not shame. It's like, what are you doing? That's not correction. Correction is saying, can I help you with something? 
I want to, I want to help you see another side of something that might, might help you. That, that kind of, you know, you're heading this way. Hey, I just want you to know where you're wanting to go. It's, it's actually back there. If you'll just take this next turn and head back, you'll get there. It's, it's simple. It's, it's, it's loving. It's kind. That's what we've got to be able to embrace that because it's, it's stupid not to. It really is. Proverbs 9, verse 8 and 9. Don't bother correcting mockers. They will only hate you. But correct the wise and they will love you. Now, here's how you can tell if you're wise. When someone corrects you, you say, oh, thank you. I love you. That's, 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 what, that's what they do. Instruct the wise, they become wiser. Teach the righteous, they learn even more. So there's understanding of the importance of receiving correction. Now, the opposite of that is we get really defensive. Now, I, this, there's no shame in any of this. If you find yourself in this column, it's just an awareness to say, Holy Spirit, help me. Because I can, I can see that I may not be as open if I'm seeing this area in my life. Because we, we can get very defensive. Can we, can we take off our church hat for a minute? Okay. Do you ever get defensive? Yeah. We, we, all, we all have. And what happens is it's, it's reflecting and it's putting things off on someone else or it's, it's someone else's fault, you know. I mean, sometimes we'll blame, you know, back in the day, back in the day, you know, um, if I was driving and someone pulled in front of me and ran me off the road, I was like, what are you doing? You know, in my car. I mean, not, I'm not rolling up the window to them, but I'm like, what, what, what in the world? You know, in my own just me time. And, um, and if someone was like, hey, man, come now. Like, did you see what they did? Like, I'm putting it on them. Like, it's their fault. Like, when they did that, it triggered something that hit me and made my mouth. It didn't. I chose to get defensive and frustrated. When I played softball early on and I would get very competitive I can't blame my actions on the fact that an umpire made a bad call. You can try, but you can't. I can't say, well, I'm just competitive when I yell out, yell at a guy who's playing outfield who's trying his best. I can't yell at him just because it, I didn't go my way. Right? You, we can't make excuses. Even that people say, well, the devil made me do it. No, he don't control you. Sometimes we do things because of our flesh, because we react, and we don't think. We don't process. Look at Genesis chapter 3. You see this, you know, the, they, they partake of the fruit, right? Adam and Eve, they partake of the fruit, and now they're hiding from God. And God shows up, and in the cool evening breezes, we're blowing, and the man and his wife, Adam and Eve, they heard the Lord God walking in the garden, so they hid from the Lord among the trees. Okay, they're hiding from God. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied. So first of all, look, if you're hiding, you ever played hide-and-go-seek, and someone says, where are you? You usually don't tell them. <laughs> but, but Adam's like, okay, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked, the Lord God asked. Have you eaten 
from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. Here's Adam's response. It was that woman. That woman you gave me. In other words, not just blaming Eve, but blaming God. Like, you gave her to me, and look what she did. Like, that's kind of the, the attitude. It, the blame goes right. He didn't say, I did. Because he did. He blamed. The woman you gave me gave me the fruit, and then I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The serpent. The serpent deceived me. So she went quickly to that. And see, we, we can laugh about that a little bit and talk about this blame shifting, but we do it. When we, when, we, when we mess up, we miss the mark, sometimes we're so quick to blame instead of just receiving the fact of, you know what, let's own it. We messed up. And God's going to help us. We're going to get back on track. And, the, and, and instead of getting so defensive because someone speaks into your life, why don't we just receive it? And why don't we take it to the Lord and say, God, if this is true, will you help me? Because I don't, Everything that people say about me, I don't just assume, okay, they're right. But I do take, if someone says something, especially a corrective thing or saying, you know, I just think we might need to, I'll take that to the Lord. And say, God, if this is something, if this is true, help me. Help me because I want to grow. And the way we're going to grow is that we, we can embrace things that God wants to correct about us. So when it comes to when it comes to growing in wisdom, we have to embrace the, the changes that God is bringing. The things that he's helping to, to open our eyes to see or correcting false things that we've seen. Whatever it is, let's just embrace those moments of, of correction, like course change. Let's embrace it. Because the second we stop embracing correction is the second we stop growing. Because there's always more to learn. There's always more to learn. So we need, to, we need to make sure that as believers, we walk in wisdom. And we need to make sure that we are teachable in every area of our life. And, and the, the reason this is important for where we are now going forward is because there is something stirring in my spirit about this series we're in. There is something that I feel like it's going to be life-changing for you individually and for us as a church to walk in a greater awareness of the Holy Spirit in our life and to, and to be open to anything and everything that he has for us because the world is looking, the world is searching, and we have the answer. And we just need to be able to walk it out. And, and there's something about walking, not just in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, that it changes everything. It changes everything. So I'm going to ask you this week to just pray and just spend time with God. Just say, Lord, I want, I want to receive from you. I want to, I want to understand this, this God of the Holy Spirit that's with me every day. I want to really know him. I just want to really know him. Because it just was, it was mind-boggling to me thinking, 
the most confused part that people have about the Godhead is the one that lives with us every day. It's one thing to not know someone who you're not with all the time, but the presence of the Holy Spirit that's with you all the time, there's so much we can, we can know, and there's so much we need to open up ourselves up for. And I believe he's going to show us. And we're going to just take our time through it, and, um, and we're going we're gonna to dig in because we are a church that believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. And God is our Father, Jesus, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who lives with us. We believe that. We believe with the Holy Spirit comes power to do everything he's called us to do.